by silverscreenandroll.com. I am Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Rude. Jacob, a few days until the NBA season unofficially restarts with the Lakers' first preseason game. They had their first practice on Sunday. Lots to talk about as the Lakers hosted their, I guess, virtual media day, if you want to call it. Um, strange times we're living in. And with that, all that being said, how are you doing in these strange times? And, and as, as you gear up to cover another season of NBA basketball it that break was not long enough uh I am retroactively upset at you for getting me to talk about free agency so quickly (laughs) I did not get to um cherish that title long enough I'm going to spend I mean I don't think the Lakers are going to take like the first you know week two weeks however long of the season too seriously uh so i'm gonna spend that time still relishing in the title because the fact that we only got it'll be like two months a little over two months to celebrate as champions i don't agree with that so (laughs) i'm happy basketball is going to be back in i think five days uh on friday but uh i'm still celebrating i so i want the lakers to repeat obviously because it would be good for the site um, it would make a lot of my followers happy. But I also want to see the Lakers repeat because I genuinely think, I don't know how, like, the 76ers and I guess <laughs> I was going to name the teams that Danny Green and Dwight Howard are on, but they're on the same team. Um, I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> but, like, the 76ers, the Hawks, um, am I forgetting anybody when it comes Oh, the Cavaliers. I don't know how they'd feel about JaVale, Danny, Rondo, and Dwight doing like a like a back-to-back parade with the Lakers next <laughs> summer. I didn't even think of that. That'd be but, but I part of the reason I want the Lakers to repeat is so they can do that. They can celebrate both of those teams together because it, it really is. LeBron kind of talked about this on the Road Trippin' podcast with Richard Jefferson, Channing Fry, and Allie Clifton about – how he feels kind of bad for all of the first-time champions because they didn't get the full experience of winning a championship. And I think the same can be said for a lot of new Lakers fans or Lakers fans that weren't old enough to go to those championship parades in 2010 or even watch them. Uh, it, It really does feel like, as exciting as it was to see the Lakers win a championship, the full experience wasn't there. I am with you, Jacob. I wish we had a longer time to revel in it. I wish there was a way for all of us to celebrate it together. Um, But that's obviously not going to happen because the season starts back up in five days. Uh, Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll get to celebrate Danny Dwight and Rondo when they get their rings. It's still very possible. I haven't looked at the schedule that Danny green gets his Lakers championship ring before he gets his Raptors one. Uh, Well, he, he like, he wanted the Raptors one in front of the fans, didn't he? Like, that's why he waited. So maybe he's just going to wait until fans are back in stadiums to get either one of his rings. Like, his, 
his uh, last game, his retirement game, it's going to be like the <laughs> Lakers and Raptors there giving him his uh, that, jersey. He's going to go on a retirement tour, and the, the <laughs> gifts that the Lakers and Raptors give him are the championship rings from however many years prior. Yeah. Uh, so, we, yeah, we said goodbye to Danny, Dwight, Rondo, JaVale, and I feel like I'm missing somebody. Danny, Dwight, Rondo, JaVale. Avery Bradley. Oh, right, right, right. Um, said goodbye to those guys. New crop of guys who will be expected to come in and gel right away. Because I mentioned this in a story I wrote for Silver, Silver Screen and Roll today. Um, the Lakers, when referencing their championship-level chemistry even early on in the season and, and why they got and and why they got together so quickly, why they got on the same page. A lot of them reference that players-only training camp that they had with LeBron James in Vegas as a kicking-off point to what they felt was going to be a good season. They did not have that this season. The only time the Lakers went to Vegas is when they celebrated as a team, uh, them winning a championship together. And even then, uh, you know, it was under covid protocols i don't know how many covid protocols you can follow in las vegas i was ready to say i don't know how much you can enjoy las vegas with covid (laughs) protocols but uh i mean they managed to do it lebron james didn't get into details when asked about it on the road trip podcast (laughs) um so i i the fact that they don't have that the fact that you know, it's a shortened off season where players don't go get to go in for those optional workouts together to get on the same page. Uh, there is going to be a short amount of time where they all get onto the same page. But today, uh, Sunday, when we're recording this, is the day the Lakers had their first practice. Nothing but positive things to come out uh, of there. Not that I expect anybody to come out and say, everybody looks washed. You can tell this team <laughs> is just coming off of a championship run. I am worried about the first half of our schedule, we're doomed. Did not expect that. <laughs> uh, but I th- I thought that the quote that stood out to me, or I should say the player that stood out to me uh, after today's practice was Montrez Harrell. Um, Harrell obviously played for the Clippers last season on a team that, let's just say, did not see eye to eye all of the time. Uh, they hated to- each other. <laughs> to believe any of the reports that came out about the team during the season after the season um i know lou williams doesn't and i think patrick beverly is another player that that doesn't exactly believe everything that was reported uh but it certainly seems as though given how their season ended them blowing a 3-1 lead to the denver nuggets certainly seems that there were some locker room problems there or at (laughs) least uh an issue with getting on the same page on the court because they were a really talented team. Uh, I I think you look at that roster, that's a roster you expect to to compete for a championship. Not that making it to the Western conference finals isn't an achievement, especially for a team like the Clippers. Um, But they were certainly expected to do more. Um, And before I, before I kick it off to you, Jacob, I want to read a quote from Montrezl Harrell that he gave on Sunday when asked about his, uh, how he feels the Lakers' leadership chemistry is at this stage of the season compared to where he ended with the Clippers last season. Uh, and I thought he gave a really thoughtful answer. And it goes, uh, it's two different teams you're asking about. You know, this is where I am and this chemistry that we're trying to build is going to take a while to build because we haven't all been on the floor at the same time together. 
we're still learning each other. We're still getting a feel for how each of us, each one of us plays and the little things that we want done. There are a couple guys who have been here who had an honor, the honor of playing together and actually winning the championship last year. But to a certain extent, we almost have a whole new five on the team, more really. And it's just going to take some time in general, man. I think with any given chemistry or reset to a roster or rebuild to a roster, it's going to take time to gel and kind of understand the ins and outs of each other as teammates and players. He could have taken the opportunity to shade the Clippers there. I personally would have. Montrezl yes. Harrell is a much bigger person than I am. What? How do you feel about Montrez's kind of level-headed approach going into the season? Is it... it is it something you expected or or were you expecting him to i guess not take the high road <laughs> <laughs> listen um i as you said i don't know that i would have had or i would have taken the high road um just the the way that's ended the way he he's been scapegoated basically like uh Clippers are are putting a lot of the blame on a couple of people right? while also doing a lot of the things they did last year in terms (laughs) of talking. Like, uh, they went through media day roughly the same time that the Lakers have. Um, Basically, everybody just had a week where they made everyone available um, throughout the days. But it really seems like the Clippers didn't learn a thing from last season. Um, I... Credit to Trez, because as you said, we could have had a a Fifty Shades of Shade uh, segment here to steal from Harrison and Anthony. Um, And it it didn't seem like he threw any kind of shade at that team. Um, I've talked about him on here. I wrote about it. I'm really excited to see Trez this season. Um, He's maybe the guy I'm most excited to see on the court this season uh, among the new players. Um, I think he's going to be a lot of fun. I think a lot of his weaknesses will be covered up by um, what the other Lakers do. I'm just really excited for him. I was happy to see some of the quotes um, that came out from him today uh, that you were tweeting out today and whatnot. Um, I think he's going to be a really fun player to root for, a really easy player to root for. Um, but yeah, I'm just surprised at how much the Clippers seem to have scapegoated basically him and Doc Rivers from, uh, (laughs) placing all their problems at the, the feet of those two. And let's be clear, Trez and Doc are not blameless in the Clippers shortcomings. Like if anything, they are, them two specifically are, are tied to, the Lakers implode, or sorry, the Clippers, not the Lakers, imploding against the Nuggets in the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, I think it is more Doc's fault than Trez's fault, but it obviously goes much deeper than those two guys. I agree. Um, and I think that to your point about their, uh, about Trez being like a really easy guy to root for, I think the Lakers roster is filled with a ton of guys this season. I mean, yeah. Marcus Saul is on the roster and him and Powell. If they gave an award for the most wholesome people on the planet every year, I think they finish in the top 20 in voting. We're talking in the world. And and Mark Mark and Power just 
seem like the best guys. Uh, Wesley Matthews is somebody that in his early interviews has stood out to me as somebody uh, who just seems like a really likable dude uh, is going to be a, a good guy in the locker room. I'm really excited to, to watch him and, and root for him, fruit for him from afar this season. Um, so I think those things are going to kind of negate any concerns I have with the the Lakers seemingly trying to build a contender overnight again without the added benefits of, you know, that Las Vegas training camp or even things during the season that a team would really do. I mean, during the early stages of the Lakers rebuild, uh, I know Lonzo, uh, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma said that the the one of the ways they bonded early on in that process was going to the movies together. Uh, in 2020, you cannot go to the movie theaters. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers is releasing their whole 2021 slate of, slate of movies on HBO Max, and I expect studios to follow suit with other streaming services. So that's just an example of you know the types of obstacles the Lakers will be facing this season. Uh, but with all of that being said, I am optimistic because of the quality and, and, and character of guys that the Lakers brought in. Rob Palenka obviously sees a, you know, no pun intended, but a gold standard for what a Lakers player should be. And, and you know, having represented Kobe Bryant, he knows firsthand what that looks like. Uh, I, I have absolute confidence in the, the way that Rob put this team together. And I, I look forward to the start of training camp. Yeah, I'm a little less worried about not having the ability to have those Vegas training camps, those movie nights, basically. I guess you could probably do those in the film room if you really wanted to. Um, Because I thought last season it was a little more necessitated because basically nobody on that team had played together. Uh, This season, not as much. They have a core that also includes – I mean, if we're talking about likable guys, Quinn Cook coming back is apparently the most – I think you had a quote that, like, literally he's friends with everybody in the right. league. Like, <laughs> like he, so, so to, put, to put that quote into context, Wesley Matthews, unprompted in his media availability today, said that he was happy to have Quinn Cook back because he really likes him. And I'm just like, dude – is there is there anybody that doesn't like Quinn Cook? <laughs> <laughs> he uh, – easily one of the most liked players around the league. And I think a lot of Lakers fans uh, really like him because, I mean, Quinn Cook is a Laker fan. Like he said as much. Um, so they have kind of a core. I don't know how many guys it is exactly, but they have a core of guys back that know how they want to play. They have a coach and a system that they know. And now it's more just about integrating the handful of guys your Marks, your Wes Matthews, your Trezes, your Schroeders, um, integrating those guys into the culture you already have. So I'm not as worried um, this year. If if this was the year that we acquired AD LeBron and basically completely overhauled the roster, right. um, I'd be a lot more worried. But considering all the players we have back um, – and it's a lot of role guys you're integrating. It's not like AD and LeBron have to learn how to play together. Um, not that there was a lot to learn there, yeah. but um, <laughs> it's not like 
there's a lot of guys that have to learn how to play with one another. It's the other guys basically learning how to play with the Lakers stars or the Lakers players, basically. So I'm interested to see um, how a lot of those guys fill in because there's a lot of like-for-like replacements. It doesn't seem like it'd be too hard. Like Wes is going to take Danny Green's spot, and there isn't – I mean, they're different players, but the the role Wes will have isn't different than the role he's had at a lot of places. Um, Trez's role isn't really going to change just because that's the player he is. Um, Things like that. I don't think there'll be much of an adjustment period. Um, But it'll be interesting to see. It'll also be interesting because I believe there was a – I believe LeBron – basically alluded to on the road trip on podcast that he's basically not going to play in the preseason. Yeah. Um, so I guess the Lakers aren't all that worried about the whole chemistry thing. Not enough to put LeBron out there. I would, I would imagine a lot of the guys that played on last year's team that had a long run to the finals, aren't going to play a lot of minutes in the preseason. Um, and in general, I'd imagine there'll be a lot more load management than there was last year or whatever word you want to use for it, um, a lot more rest because there's a lot more back-to-backs and three and four nights and stuff like that. So I'm just – I am excited to see this team get together because there's a lot of interesting pieces. We talked after the free agency podcast about – or in the free agency podcast, excuse me, about how deep this team is, um, which is really going to help a lot during this season at a lot of points, I should say. Um and I think it'll help early in the year as the the new guys are getting acclimated and the old guys are kind of easing their way uh, or the returning guys are easing their way back into another NBA season after just having played one a month and a half, two months ago. I So before, before we head out of here, I want to get – because we won't be talking until – next sunday and by then two games i think will have already been played uh of the lakers preseason schedule um give me one thing it could be a lineup it could be a uh storyline that you're interested in seeing going into the training camp and then one thing you're not looking forward to uh so the thing i am most looking forward to I mean, this is kind of belaboring the point because it's a guy I keep going back to, but just Montrez's dunks. Like, just watching him <laughs> attack the rim, I think, is going to be so much fun this year. Um, whether it, LeBron's going to throw him lots of lobs, um, Schroeder's going to hit him on pick and rolls. Um, but I am excited to see him just dunking the ball, basically. <laughs> uh, it seems real easy. Uh, the thing I'm not looking forward to. Man, I don't know. There isn't a lot I'm not looking forward to. It's a lot easier to come into a season with like a optimistic mindset when you just won a title. Yeah. Um, probably just a lot of the talk around the team, I guess. I mean, it's going to be annoying in some sense that the first two games are against the Clippers mm-hmm. because uh, there's just going to be too many takeaways from it being a preseason game against the Clippers. Though I last year – the Lakers called their shot. I believe it was on preseason game one 
when they ran the Warriors <laughs> the off warning. the floor and said this is a warning, <laughs> and it was a warning. Uh, so maybe we'll see something like that. Um, but actually, I want to change my answer about what I'm looking forward to because I told you I wanted to talk about this. I'm looking forward to more Paul George quotes <laughs> because – I'm sorry that we're talking about the Clippers this much. I have some shot, right? I enjoy some schadenfreude. I want to talk about this Paul George, Doc Rivers feud because this is hilarious to me. As I said, it seems like the Clippers have learned very little from talking um, last season. Although I did laugh. Uh, Somebody asked Pat Bev if he was surprised that Trez left to sign with the Lakers and he just said yes. And that was his full answer. Um, so I believe it was on uh, the, all the smoke podcast um, with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Uh, Paul George had the following quote. Uh, the way I was being used, I felt doc was trying to play me as a Ray Allen or JJ Redick, all pin downs. I can do it, but that ain't my game. I need some flow. I need some mixes of pick and rolls. I need some post-ups, just different touches. You know what I mean? That last season was just hard overall. Now, shout out to Kevin O'Connor, who quote tweets a video of that and said, uh, based on synergy, last season was the most or highest percentage of plays that were pick and rolls for Paul George's career. Like he'd never run more pick and rolls or percentage of pick and rolls in his career which really goes in line with how most Paul George quotes usually end up. Uh, Doc Rivers comes back today and says, uh, quote, hey, listen, I enjoyed coaching him, so not a lot to say there, but Ty Lue was sitting right next to me last season. (laughs) Um, So he basically went on to say, it's probably not going to change, so (laughs) have fun with that. So I honestly, if I'm looking forward to anything in the next week or so, it's Paul George and the Clippers continually putting their foot in their mouth. Um, I have already started bookmarking tweets for next postseason when they inevitably blow a lead in the second round. (laughs) Um, I am ready for it, but it's weird to be already doing this (laughs) after, (laughs) after a month and a half. I wanted to celebrate that title a little bit longer. I, I mean, it's good. It's good that basketball will be played. Who knows how long it will be played before things start going awry again? We've seen examples in the NFL, the MLB. We can just hope that um, the NBA is a little different. I am skeptical, but the show will go on regardless. Uh, Jacob, thank you for joining me. Joining me, and thank you everybody for listening. Uh, We will be back next Sunday to talk about Lakers preseason basketball. And Jacob, I swear to you on air, I am making this promise that I will not fire off any tweets, reactionary tweets based on two preseason games to the Clippers. I am. am, I'm going to start bookmarking your tweets. If you start doing that, (laughs) I will throw those right back in your face. I'm not talking you off any ledges this year. Uh, You can go and fire off those tweets and I'll just retweet them and, in July or whenever the playoffs are going to be. You heard him. I I expect everybody (laughs) to hold to me accountable too. Uh, We'll talk to you guys all next week.